0: to this endo life episode 111 i'm jessica duffin i'm an endo warrior an endo health coach and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis this podcast is here to educate and shouldn't be used as a replacement for your current medical treatment As always, I want to thank our first sponsor today, BU. These guys are the makers of the incredible period patches that I love and also a beautiful organic CBD range, menstrual cup and chafing cream. And they really are one of the pioneers of natural and really quite revolutionary period care, in my opinion. I have seen these period patches change people's experience of their periods so dramatically and their experience of endometriosis so dramatically. And they are really one of the first things that I recommend to my clients. If my clients are going through a flare up or it's taken a while for their symptoms to calm down and for us to implement changes, I still want to provide my clients with something that's going to provide relief, you know, in that current moment. And I always recommend BU period patches because I just believe in them so much and they have helped me so much and they're natural. And it's just when you are so commonly faced with all of these different drugs that can have side effects, um, they have their place, but sometimes you just want a more, uh, side effect free option. So, um, I absolutely love these patches. They've been helping me through a interstitial cystitis flare up that I've been going through recently. You can find out all about that on Instagram. <laughs> um, and if you want to try the BU patches for yourself, you can just head to the link in my show notes or go straight to their website, which is buonline.co.uk. So that's b e y o u online.co.uk. If you are in the US or in Canada, you can actually also order your BU patches from Cult Beauty and they will ship to the US or to Canada. So that's cultbeauty.co.uk. Let me know how you get on with them. And I just want to give a shout out to my other sponsors, Sermaine Health, the lovely girls who came on the show before in the past. You may have heard their interview or heard some of their previous ads with me. Uh, You know I'm a big fan of this supplement. It's an anti-inflammatory supplement that contains some really wonderful nutrients and vitamins and minerals, including magnesium, curcumin, quercetin, and vitamin D3. And it's designed to take two days before your period and during your period to reduce pain and inflammation. And the response from the endometriosis community has been incredible. Just go to their website to see some of their testimonials. I love the supplement myself. Lots of my clients use the supplement and love it too. And I wanted to let you guys know that they've actually just reduced their subscription price to $28.99 as a result of everything that's going on with covid and they're really trying to make their supplement as accessible as possible for everyone who needs it so i wanted to let you guys know that that is now available and if you're interested in getting hold of a jar you can go to www.semainehealth.com and that's spelled s e m a i n e health.com i'll put the link in my show notes okay so last week I polled 811 of you on Instagram and 73% of you said that you suffer with allergies. And I'm shuffling notes here. So you're going to hear paper and stuff in the background. The reason why I did this poll is because I struggled with allergies my whole life. But I only made the connection with endo about probably about five years ago. I was at a board meeting for Endometriosis UK and I met a trustee there who was holding tissue. And I was holding tissue and I was like, I don't know how we started talking, but I was like, oh, I'm, I'm always like, always holding a tissue. You know, I know, always need to sneeze or wipe my nose. She was like, oh my God, me too. And we started talking. And then I began looking into the link between allergies and endometriosis and a whole world opened up to me. Now my allergies have gotten worse over the years whilst my endo has gotten under control so my endo symptoms like my pain as you know have gotten under control my kind of estrogen dominance is not there unless I kind of stop balancing my hormones with intention and you guys know that what I'm working on now is my SIBO interstitial cystitis and what I haven't really talked about is I've been working on my allergies. They have become, in the past 18 months, really unbearable. I They've affected my everyday life and, I mean, they affect everything. Just to give you an example, like my podcasts, you guys won't know because we cut it out, but I'm regularly stopping to blow my nose and sneeze and we and it's literally we have to go through every show and make sure that I haven't kept a sneeze or blowing my nose. And I'm going to do an episode next week where I talk about more of the personal side of this and strategies to reduce allergies. But today, so many of you, when I shared in this poll that allergies are associated with endometriosis, so many of you messaged me to say you didn't know this and that you were really shocked. Um, and so I wanted to start that conversation today and give you guys some information to begin over and looking into, and really just to give you validity, just to feel like you're not crazy and actually this is a real thing. I haven't talked about it so much because, well, fatigue, pain, painful sex, brain fog, those things have prevailed on the show because they're such immediate problems that so many of you suffer with. But because it's so on my radar at the moment, I really wanted to bring bring this up. So I wanted to start with what do I mean by allergies? So the NHS defines allergies as a reaction to a particular food or substance, I'm directly quoting them here, and their symptoms include sneezing, runny or blocked nose, red itchy watery eyes, wheezing and coughing, rashes, worsening eczema or asthma. And it's worth noting that in terms of food allergies, some of the most common allergens for food allergies are shellfish, milk, nuts, eggs and certain fruit. Um, And I just thought I'd mention that because I think it's quite interesting. It gives us a bit of power to understand what might be going on with us. So that's the NHS list. Obviously, if you have hay fever, it can sometimes feel like you have a cold and you get really exhausted with that, really drowsy. Um, just feeling really fatigued and that's something I definitely experience and I think depending on how bad your allergies get I think they can sometimes in my experience maybe take on a bit of a life of their own I have all of these um although I don't have eczema anymore I used to have eczema on my eyelids but and I'm actually investigating asthma at the moment But I also have these other issues that are linked to histamine intolerance such as swelling of the eyes Um, and something that I am certain is linked to my allergies is sort of like excess saliva production and I know that sounds really gross and I'm really sorry but the more honest I can be with you guys, the more you're going to be able to identify issues that are going on with you if I don't say these things because I'm embarrassed. Then, how are you ever going to know what's normal and what's maybe a problem? But when I am like particularly unwell with my allergies, or I'm sneezing, or I have a runny or blocked nose, it's usually as my allergy is progressing, or I've changed room, or I've been exposed to some kind of dust or allergen. I start to notice excess saliva production. Now, this was never a problem for me in the past. But as I mentioned to you in the past 18 months, my allergies have got really bad and this is what's accompanied them. And I have quite a few ideas that I'm kind of, well, I'm hundred percent certain that that's the cause of uh, the allergies, which I'll go into next week. Um, and I think that's contributed to it. This, as my allergies have worsened, it's, it's almost like my body is just making excess like liquid and mucus and saliva to try and like grab onto these allergens I'm sorry I know it's too much information but I want to kind of share how it can affect us so you can recognize your own symptoms so yeah I do think they take on a bit of a mind of their own depending on the severity and I've just had some really severe symptoms this year that have just thrown me through a loop and have kind of made me question where they're coming from and what they are. But now I've gone down this big rabbit hole, I'm I'm kind of like certain that it's related to allergic reactions. The NHS, they also define the difference between allergy, um, an allergy sensitivity and an intolerance. And I thought because so many of us are dealing with like all three of those, um, we have so many issues going on that it'd be good to distinguish what the differences are so that you know what I'm referring to specifically Whilst I'm talking us through the studies. So, the NHS defines an allergy as an immune reaction to a normal substance, defines sensitivity as an exaggeration of normal effects of a substance. So, they give the example of caffeine. So, you might drink caffeine instead of just feeling alert, you're like, you have palpitations you feel really dizzy, you feel really erratic. So for example, I have a caffeine sensitivity. I really feel it. If I have caffeine, I start getting palpitations very, very quickly. Sometimes I even get chest pains. My boyfriend can drink like a couple cups of coffee before he feels any reaction. And then there's an intolerance. An intolerance is unpleasant symptoms such as like upset stomach, diarrhea. So I was diagnosed with gluten intolerance or was it a sensitivity i have to double check i think it's intolerance uh gluten intolerance dairy intolerance soy intolerance um some specific nut intolerances but i can't remember which ones off the top of my head so you might not have celiac disease for example but you could have non-celiac gluten sensitivity or um a wheat intolerance so that's something to be aware of as well and particularly What I'm really interested in at the moment and what the next, like this episode and the next episode will be focused on is really like kind of allergic rhinitis symptoms because that's what I suffer with the most. And that really includes those symptoms of sneeze and itchiness, blocked or runny nose. And it's triggered by things like mold, pollen, dust mites, skin, animal hair, that kind of thing. And of course it's a histamine reaction. So Obviously, I have histamine problems, so no wonder my, in part, my allergies are so bad. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. BU make natural, organic products to help us to manage our periods, sleep well, and achieve a greater sense of well-being. Their product line is expanding all the time with just amazing products that, I, I love I'm so happy that this company exists because they're natural for a start and they really focus on menstrual well-being and that's just so important to me. They have a CBD balm, CBD drops, CBD sprays um, that can all help you to manage your um, menstrual pain. They have patches which you can use during the beginning of your period and the lead up to your period to soothe pain and the endometriosis community love them. There's also the sleep pillow mist. So if you're really trying to improve your sleep or you're trying to reduce levels of anxiety when you're sleeping, the sleep pillow mist is just full of soothing essential oils to help with that. They have a menstrual cup now and a menstrual cup foaming cleanser. Um so if you can wear menstrual cups, then I totally recommend BU. Their cup is made with um, 100% soft medical grade silicone. There's no PBA, no latex, no dye. As I said, all of their products are natural. The company are really committed to women's rights, menstrual health and good quality products. And I mean, obviously I know them personally because they're my sponsors and they're just a lovely company to support. So if you're interested in having a look at their range, the link is in my show notes. Um, I would love to hear what you think and how you get on with them. Be you. Start soothing period cramps a natural way. This episode is also sponsored by my free endometriosis diet grocery list. This download gives you basically a lowdown of what I eat every week on um, a monthly basis and my personal take on the endometriosis diet it's not a protocol set protocol that you have to or should follow but it is here to serve you give you inspiration and help you see what eating for endometriosis might look like in real life it's there for you to kind of take inspiration from and help you put your own approach together to download it just head to my show notes and follow the link to get your free copy So research has shown people with endo have a significantly higher prevalence of allergies, and that's from hay fever, dust allergies, food allergies to chemical allergies and medications as well. So in terms of the research, even though I'm kind of leaning towards allergic rhinitis, kind of those kind of sinus reactions, the research is looking at food allergies, medical medication allergies, hay fever, dust allergies, all of that. So it's quite a broad spectrum of allergies. And today I just want to do a really quick episode where I'm focusing on the research for you guys. So to give you some context, here are some of the most important studies to date. So in 1998, the Endometriosis Association carried out a survey of 3,680 US endo patients. And then this data was reviewed and published in 2002. And that data revealed that 61% of those with endo had allergies. But if they also had chronic fatigue syndrome or fibromyalgia, that number jumped up to 88%. They also found that 12% of people with endometriosis had asthma. And that figure rose to 25% in those with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome syndrome. So to put that in like perspective, the rate of allergies in the female population in the USA was 18% and 5% for asthma at the time of this study. And and they note this in the study. So I don't know what it was in terms of the entire population, because obviously trans people can have endo, non-binary people can have endo. Um, But this is the research at the time. This analysis, was then supported of a later study 10 years later, which showed that out of 501 women with endo, in comparison to a control group, they were significantly more likely to have a history of allergies in the family, which is really interesting because my dad had terrible allergies. And I'm not really sure about my granny, but I just, she always had tissues with her. She was always blowing her nose, so she must have had allergies. Now, what's interesting is that the endo in my family isn't on my, well, is it actually? My nan had endo and she had a hysterectomy. And actually, I suspect my dad's sister has endo, so there's probably endo on on my dad's side as well. And they also found the endo group to be four times more likely to have allergies, which is just insane to me. Then, two years later, so in 2014, a review of the various research was conducted. Whilst the review called for further studies to clearly define which allergies that they're referring to and what the definition of allergies are, so it's kind of less broad, they concluded that people with endo are at an increased risk of allergies. Um, I'm, I'm quoting there from the review including both food allergies and airborne allergies. So chronic rhinitis, that kind of thing, asthma. And at that time, there was over 300 different studies into endometriosis and allergies. Now they didn't review all of them. They reviewed only the ones that fit their criteria, but it just goes to show you that there's so much research into this area. So I'm going to do another episode on this next week and I'm going to share my experience and sort of how some of those symptoms have presented differently for me. I'm going to talk about what's finally worked for me because I'm finally having some relief and it's amazing because this has been a really hard year with these allergies. It sounds stupid, but honestly, they have affected my daily existence. And I'm going to also share some suggested strategies as well. But for now, I just wanted to share this information because the research really is, can't be argued with now. There needs to be more research for for clarification, but the association is incredibly strong. And I wanted to share it to let you guys know that you're not crazy. If you feel like you're physically more sensitive than others it's probably because you are i remember when i used to drink caffeine and people i don't know there's so many things where i'd be like oh i have to be a bit careful with that i have to be a bit careful or i react a bit like this to it and after a while people just think you're hypochondriac but then if you just went along with ordering that caffeinated coffee then you would be ill like there's so i remember actually being um penalized at work because of my hay fever allergies being so strong and I took some time off work thinking it was a cold but it actually turned out to be hay fever and no one else in my office had a reaction like that and I seemed and it was a small office as well and I seemed really weak lazy even like I was treated with quite a lot of suspicion for why, why I had taken time off work and by having this I didn't have this information at the time so by having this information in your hands, I hope you feel empowered and I hope this has given you an extra piece to the puzzle, allowed you to fit another piece into this picture that you're building up of your health and how to manage it and what's, you know, what it is affecting. And perhaps you know, if you know you've got allergies, you know you've got asthma, maybe this has given you some, it's just connected some dots and you can go ahead with your treatment. Or maybe you didn't realise what was going on for you and actually this has now started to make sense and you're realising that you do have some allergies that need to be dealt with. So just because we have a high prevalence of allergies in our community, it doesn't mean that we have to suffer with them. So I'm going to share with you next week what you can do and what I've done. And I hope this kind of Bitesos episode has been helpful for you and enlightening. I'm going to link to the interview, interviews? I'm going to link to the studies in the show notes and anything else that I think might be relevant. And let me know, reach out to me on Instagram, DM me and let me know what you thought about this episode or, you know, have you learned something new? Is there anything that you want to add? Is there a study that you think is particularly helpful that people should know about do you have allergies what's helped you i really want to start this conversation because i just think it's a really important area of endo that we have been overlooking so um yeah get in touch and i hope this was a helpful episode bye if you want to find out more about what i do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it um you can head to my instagram page which is this underscore endolife um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com, and you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis as always if you like this show please rate review and or subscribe really truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis this episode was produced by the pod farm whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world